What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Co- Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today we're going to go down a little different path. You know, we're going to talk about training wrestlers with Josh Jurgel from Duke. And Josh, I'm really excited to have you here, man, because I think combat sport athletes, people think about these guys and they think it's only the MMA people, it's only the UFC, uh, it's only boxers, but really, we still got to pretty formidable sport in the collegiate level that has some unique challenges um, that are going to bring practitioners to have an open mindset and have a different insight into what they're doing. So Josh, can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today, man. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Honored to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to talk. Yeah, man. So before we dive into too much of the X's and O's here, let's let everybody know, you know, who is Josh and how'd you get down there to Duke? Yeah, it's um, it's been kind of a wild uh, journey, I would say, atypical from what you would imagine a lot of college strength coaches get to. Um, took me a while to figure out exactly what niche I wanted to fall into as well. Uh, but originally, I'm from Charlotte, so this coming back to Duke has been a um, kind of a, a homecoming for me, which has been awesome to be closer to family and and my neck of the woods where I where I come from and grew up. Um, but originally from Charlotte, uh, went to Appalachian State. Uh, for undergrad, ran track there for a year, um, and then bounced around many internships. First one was um, straight out of school, was at Fort Bragg uh, with a unit there, uh, spent the summer after that. Then I went to Wingate University, uh, which is a division two near my hometown, um, was, was there as a paid intern as well. And then uh, from there, I went to the private sector, was at a Precy Speed School in Lake Norman, so all North Carolina locations. Uh, and then from there, I was afforded a, a mentorship down at Weber International, which is NAIA, down in Central Florida, um, under Steve Rassel. He's a fantastic coach, awesome mentor, um, taught me a ton of stuff. And then uh, my boss from uh, Fort Bragg got the job with the Raiders when Jack Del Rio was hired. Uh, he brought me out there for the 2015 season um, in intern capacity as well, and uh, was out there for that season. Then I was uh, moving into... Uh, some more private sector work in San Francisco. I uh, was working with uh, some professional boxers and rugby team. There's a startup rugby league we were contracted with, uh, and then some big wave surfers and stuff. And and that was really my first uh, exposure to to what we would qualify as combat sports and combat athletes. Um, I I was in Amir Khan's camp for the Canelo fight, and then um, Andre Ward's camp uh, for the Sullivan Barrera tune-up uh, before he fought Kovalev. So. Uh, did that and then uh, got the opportunity to work under Jared Nesland at Sacramento State. Uh, so took a full-time uh, college job there, uh, was an assistant there uh, for three years, and then never really looked back from college. Uh, was the head strength coach at UT Permian Basin after that. Uh, so moved from Northern California to West Texas, which was uh, quite a different lifestyle. And then uh, from there, got the opportunity to come back closer to home here at Duke, uh, working with wrestling and rowing. Uh, so it's been it's been a wild ride, uh, but that's that's kind of how how things have gotten me around here. Yeah, two as we were speaking about earlier, two unique but similar mindsets in sport. Right. Um, but when we look at those mindsets and we look at the mindset of a wrestler, uh, there are some things that lead to some interesting predicaments when it comes to building out their physical preparation. Yeah, there's um, there's really 
kind of two aspects of it, and I really buy into a, kind of a two-factor model with these guys. Um, there, there's your skill development, going through practice um, and, and getting in the room. They're working techniques, and then they build uh, really a a training uh, factor as well. So you're you're developing the physical qualities, and then when you mesh those two together, you can get uh, performance on the mat. And so we. Uh, we, we really work well together with the wrestling staff here, the head coach, Glenn Lanham. He's fantastic, and, and he's always communicating well with me, Let me know how the guys are doing. I'll go to practice, watch, and, uh, and see how things are going. Um, but, but wrestlers are a unique breed. It's hard to get them to admit that they're tired. It's hard to get them to admit that they need a day off or need, need a break. Um, and, and we were talking earlier about, you know, overtraining being um, kind of a kind – of a consideration to have. Uh, I'm a firm believer that there's no NCAA practice that's harder than wrestling practice. Um, and I'm sure every wrestler that would hear this would agree. Um, but getting into what's effectively a fight every day for an hour or two and, and getting in, into physical contact every single day and then coming back and doing it again, all while you're hungry, all while you're, you're still lifting weights and still running and still uh, doing extra conditioning and, and whatever have you for, for physical preparation, it, it takes a special special mindset. And so um, with those guys, uh, we, we got to really be conscious of where they are in a weight cut, where they are um, time of year. Like right now it's the summer. Uh, they're pretty well fed. We can push pretty hard. When we get deep in the season, we got to pay attention to what we're doing, both so that we're not lifting them out of a weight class and then also so that we're um, not giving them more than they can recover from. Uh, and and that's that's kind of the art of it, uh, and and we're working on on dialing that in even further this coming year. Are there any ways in particular you're looking at workloads or training or adaptation or recovery with the guys? Yeah. So one thing that we're going to incorporate more of this year is um, really a bunch of force plate testing, uh, and so we want to see, uh, especially as they change weights. Um, what kind of what kind of jump numbers do we get off of them on the force plate, uh, and then what kind of isometric uh, mid thigh pull is is really the two basic standard tests that we're going to use. Um, we haven't implemented that, um, and and then we also do the the simple stuff. I talk to those guys every day, just as a person. Hey, how you feeling today? And uh, how was practice today? What what's uh, what's aching and bothering you? And it's not that necessarily we're gonna, you know pull you out. Um, I think that's an important part of the relationship is we're not going to hold you back just because you might be tired or might be struggling, but we're going to adjust the program and the plan for you so that you're able to to continue to to get better. Um, Because if you're not out there practicing your technique, you're getting rusty. And and consistency is huge for those guys. Um, So it may be a situation of, um, you know, hey, you're feeling a little banged up. We can we can adjust the training volume in the weight room, bring it down. Um, hey, maybe you're tired, and we just got to push through this right now, and and get the training adaptation that way. But when when they're spending extra time in the training room, a little bit of a red flag, right? If it's more than just hey, I'm sitting in the hot tubs or I'm getting in the Normatech boots, but if they're they're getting extra treatment, um, when they start getting a lot of neck pain, that's been kind of a red flag for me, uh, particularly when they get uh, a little more dehydrated during a weight cut. Uh, the the neck pain tends to come up a little bit, and so uh, really, whenever whenever I hear joint pain, whenever I hear uh, bad sleep, 
appetite issues uh, beyond what we have to deal with with the with the weight cuts. Uh, those are all big red flags for me. And then, well, I'll tell the coach, hey, maybe we need a, more of a technical day. You know, maybe we need a little bit lighter day. And, and they're pretty good about um, meeting with me and talking about how my perception of the team is versus their perception of the team and where we're at. And um, Coach Lanham is always very um, cognizant of you can't go 100 miles an hour every single day. And so, hey, maybe today we can give them a short practice or, and we can keep the intensity high, but but we can go for just 30 minutes or maybe we can still have our full our full schedule, but we'll dial it back and, and we'll just spar. Or we'll just run technique or whatever else it is. Um, and then there there are times of the year and, and moments where, hey, they're tired, but we have to work. We have to get the work in. Uh, and and so that that bit of a song and dance is is how we go about it. Um, we, we've also got just the daily surveys as well. How many hours do you sleep? You know, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, how do you feel? Are you sore? Are you not? Um, and, and that's once again, you know, if it's if we expect you to be sore, it's not a red flag. Uh, but if we didn't feel like we were pushing you that hard and you feel banged up, then we need to pay attention to you. And our athletic trainers are highly involved as well. Um, Zach Schwinski, he's he does a great job with uh, talking to me every single day. Uh, we'll get FaceTime and, and we'll go through the roster, every single guy. Hey, he's complained about this. He's complained about that. Uh, stuff that they would don't want to tell me or don't want to tell the coaches. He'll he'll spill the beans and uh, we'll be able to adjust for them. So maybe we're maybe we're not going to actually load these guys today because their backs are torched. Or maybe we're going to uh, just do the accessory work. Maybe we're going to cut out all the accessory work and just hit the primaries. Really, any kind of way we can spin it. You've been doing this long enough. You know you know all this stuff that I'm telling you. But um, that's that's how we go about it. So when you're dealing with a lot of the subjective and making kind of a a gut call, if you may, based on the time of year and what you guys are seeing. Um, what then is communicated back to the guys? Because I think that one thing that's hard, at least for me, um, when dealing with those sort of decisions whether you're using subjective or objective data, right, is that we don't, especially in wrestlers, I couldn't imagine having this conversation with a wrestler, putting them in a conversation where they may walk away thinking they're supposed to be tired. Mm, yeah. You know, so how do you communicate that, these decisions back to the players or back to the wrestlers, excuse me, when we are cutting some stuff. They know today is supposed to be a squatting day, but we're not. Why are we squatting like this instead to ensure that you're keeping the main thing, the main thing, right? Like if we can make sacrifices in the weight room for the coaches to be able to run a better, more efficient, longer practice, I think that it's, if we don't do it, in my opinion, I think we're negligent. Mm -hmm. Terrible word to use there, but it's just my opinion. For a support staff and a support system, we need to support everyone at all moments. But anyway, without putting our foot in our mouth and making these changes and the guys show up on the mat and they act more tired than they may be because we're telling them they're more tired because we think they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think I get what you're, what you're asking. Like, really for us, I think the... Um, 
the big thing is that wrestlers come from a culture of hard work. That, that's that's what wrestling is, and especially these guys that have been doing it since they're five years old. It's it's push, 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 push. And so to pull back, I always try to frame it. it it's very rare that we have to get a guy to put in full effort. Um, you know, we're, working in football, you always get some some guys that are gonna gonna cut reps, right? You work with basketball team, you get guys that try to you know sneak reps or, or soccer guys still try to sneak reps. I've yet to have, uh, and I've only been here for a year, but I've never had these guys, and I'll count the reps when they're not, when they don't know it, um, to skip a rep. Like if we're, if we're doing 15 reps or something, they get 15. If we're doing three, they get three. Um, it's very just, this is the work, this is what I do. And uh, having, having, them, having them to pull back, I always try to put it in a frame of, Hey, I'm trying to make sure that you can still output, right? And and always the most important thing is on the mat. It has to be. This is all a means to an end. What we're doing here in the weight room, uh, it's it's to help you, but it is not the the end goal. And so if we can throw you on the pit shark instead of back squatting, fine. You know, because your legs are still going to get strong. There's no magic exercises out there that we have to do, and. We can still train your legs and get you out there, and then you can still roll. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to ask them what's most important. You know, is, is it most important for you to wrestle well, or is it most important for you to lift weights? And then working in that that relationship with the guys to let them know we're here to help you, we're here to make you better, uh, but we but we also have your best interest in mind as well when we're trying to pull back. Um, and and I always try to frame it as well of like we, we did some one rep max testing this week for the guys that have been here this summer um there's a couple guys i didn't allow to test uh because we had really great training no need to test we already got some good good updated uh performance numbers on them uh th there's no point for them to try to get another five ten pounds out of whatever lift that we were doing uh and and risk getting injured especially some of the fatigue that some of them had built up so for us it's Hey man, just so you know, we got plenty more opportunities to test. You're a redshirt freshman. I got you for another four years. We're gonna have plenty of test days between now and then. Plenty of times for you to hit PR, uh, but it's okay for us to to push. And then there's a couple guys that uh, said, hey, if you're feeling good next week or the week after, maybe we test then. But right now you're you're not gonna get a great number, and it's not worth it. So it, it's putting in the framework of trade-offs, right? Hey. We're not. We're in season. Uh, I'm not going to have you clean as much uh, today. We can push it harder next week, right? Or we can push it later in the week. Or we, hey, I'm trying to freshen you up for the match. You know, what we can push when we got when we got a uh, in between week. You know, what, whatever it is. But try to keep it, giving them a a trade off in that and keeping them involved in the in the training process of, hey, I'm getting what I need. I'm communicating to the coach how I feel. And then he's getting me to the point where I can lift big weights, I can pump out big numbers, and I can go on the mat and I can put somebody on their back. That that's the that's that's the mindset that we go at. So, uh, you know, a guy isn't getting uh, emotionally berated and called any names for getting an easy day in the weight room, um, and he and he's also not expected to uh, push beyond what what he's physical capable of. Uh, but at the same time, I ask him, Hey, are you good? Can you do it? And the answer is yes. And okay, do it. 
you know, there's, there's, um, it's a song and dance really back and forth with these guys. And if you have a, a relationship with them where they feel like they can be honest with you and they know that you care about them, I think that's, that lends to a bit more of the, um, the honesty so that we can, we can tell them, Hey, if you're not feeling great, we can, we can make the adjustment or if you're feeling okay, or if you're ready to push, then we can push. Yeah. I think putting in a framework of trade-offs is a great way to say it. And I think that that's really hammer meat nail because so often we want to build in autonomy and, and, allow them to have control or at least the perception of control as to what they're what's going on and in reality if we're not willing to give and take to help ensure that they're in a great position mentally with the decisions being made we may be setting them up more for failure than we are attempting to not attempting than we are to uh, actually like protecting them Right. And, and at the same point, it's, it's also showing them the long term progress, which when you're new somewhere, it takes a little bit of time to build that that, uh, I guess, human equity in the in the progress uh, in the progress continuum. But, you know, it's say, hey, look, like we're still hitting PRs. Hey, we're still we're still doing better. But I also one one concept I do with every athlete is that, you know, we're, we're not training for a powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting meet or CrossFit competition. We're not trying to be good on just one particular day where we, we peaked you out in the, in the program and you, you had your perfect song on and it's the great right time of day and you're feeling great. And you can go hit a PR. It's, it's what can we do on a regular basis? So it's great that, you know, we had um, one of our guys squat in the, in the low 400s today for his one rep max. And that's awesome. Uh, but can you do that when you're hungry? Can you do that when you're down 10 pounds? Because right now you're up 10. So that's what's more important is, yes, we just raised our ceiling. That is going to raise our submaximal efforts. But at the same time, I care about what you can do on any day. That's what's most important. So we're going to use our maximal strength and improving that to to raise the, the ceiling of what our submaximal work is. But at the same time, I care more about what you hit in March, in the middle of the week, when we, we're coming back from a road trip and we're gearing up for another match and you're tired, hungry, and you're trying to stay on weight because we got two matches close, what can you hit on that day? And then what can you regularly hit? That's what's more important. That's accessible strength. It's not, hey, I've, I've, I peaked out for this one time a year for a test. Uh, and so we try to put value on what can I walk in on any given day and do? You know, it's great. I can clean 225 pounds as a as a lightweight guy, but can I do that when I when I had a bad night's sleep? You know, what what's more valuable, and what am I going to find when I'm in the third period? Because uh, because fatigue makes everybody weaker. So that's the that's the mindset I try to put them in is that it's not about what you're doing on some special day. It's what do you do on every day, and can we raise the average? What what's regular for us? And if our regular is is special to somebody else, then we have an advantage. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the situation with a lot of these athletes that end up getting into, you know, like tapering situations, if you will, right? Like athletes that are peaking for specific events, like a wrestler does, like a swimmer does, like your rowers do, is that we want to be leery and weary of fatigue, but we also have to remember that that's where they live. And 
they train through it all the time. So finding that thin line where too much is just enough is actually the fun of the project of the whole process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for us, we run a, with the wrestling team, it's a, it's a pretty difficult program uh, that we run in here. So, you know, we're, we're clipping around pretty high volume work. Um, we're, we're doing pretty high pace. You know, the density of our workouts are pretty, are pretty high, uh, but it's like that all the time. So they're getting, they're getting high density in practice. They get high density in the weight room. Uh, they're, they're acclimated and they're trained for that. Uh, so that when we do pull back uh, from a programming standpoint, uh, you know, when we get into deep into the season, we're getting ready for ACCs and NCAAs, you know, at that point, you know, we're, we're only running two, three exercises and they're, they're like, coach, that's it. Like, that's all. And I'm like, yeah, that's all we need. And so then they can feel like they can recover, uh, but we can still stay pretty high intensity. You know, and it and it's that that tapering effect and and the peaking effect that that we'll get. Um, same thing with the rowing team. You know, they we we were fortunate enough to um, coordinate with the coaches to train all the way through NCAA's, um, which is our first year doing that. And instead of pulling out three weeks before ACCs, which is another two and a half weeks before NCAA's, and just you know diminishing all of our training effects, uh, we were able to train right through it. And you just decrease the volume as we go on and maintain high intensity and, uh, and adjust as needed, you know, uh, even though that the stopwatch sports and, and sports where you, you can really dial in when you're peaking, sometimes coaches, they freelance and all of a sudden those kids got hit with a workout that was out of nowhere uh, or it seems like out of nowhere. And so you gotta, you gotta be ready to still adjust on the fly. Yeah. Because Again, especially in those times, we need to be very supportive in, in our support role, not just um, not just of the coaches and the plan and the building of such and the implementation of it, but also in the psychological and physical state of the athletes, you know, um, and, and kids like that who have been wrestling because you don't pick up wrestling when you're 14 or 15. Like those are, those are guys who usually have been wrestling since they were seven eight nine so they know how their body feels and how they handle decreases in volume and such so i would assume that they albeit are very open and willing at that point of the year to have a decrease in volume i would also guess that they have their own input into certain things where they ask for specific things and such yeah, exactly. And that's that's the conversation you got to have. Um, and, and for us, you know, we're fortunate enough to have a big enough staff that I don't have eight teams. Uh, so I can put a high focus on on the individual because I'm, I'm available. Um, so for us, we had some guys that weren't starting, uh, but had the potential to start or uh, there were scenarios where, you know, we're one injury away from them becoming a starter and they're not getting the actual on the mat time in competition they're coming in and doing extra conditioning with me um they don't need to actually wrestle more and get and get banged up more that way but we can we can still physiologically tax them uh like they wouldn't a match and so they'll come in on an extra day with me or a different time of day during our normal training days and and i do my best to organize the stresses as, as much as you know real life allows 
and and then we'll do the extra conditioning. Uh, and it can be some strongman work. It can be stuff on the bike. It can be um, stance in motion. We can we can do all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, footwork, handwork. Uh, we can run some circuits and things. So uh, re- really, whatever whatever strategy that makes sense in conjunction with our other training is um, is a way that we can give them extra without taking them too far over the edge. And then, hey, you good for extra conditioning today? I don't know, coach. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty bad. Okay, let's not do the extra conditioning. Just do just do practice. And hey, you know, you guys want a day off? No, coach. I think I need some extra conditioning. Cool. Let's come in, and then I can adjust how we do things. Um, and, and I feel like we're at a really good point where they they trust me enough to make a decision to give them something that helps them. And then afterwards, I'm asking them, Do you feel prepared? Did this help you? Did you get better today? Did you know how how they feel is just as important as the X's and O's of what we're doing. Um, Because at the end of the day, they're the one that's going out there that has to protect themselves and then they have to go attack the other guy. Um, So if they feel like they're getting what they need, awesome. If they feel like they're not, it's it's really up to us to make sure that we adjust to make them feel prepared. Even though physiologically, maybe they're prepared either way, uh, we got to help them out and make them feel confident as well. How they feel is just as important as the X's and O's to what they're doing. Yeah, man. Especially in those situations where we're trying to find a way to get them to find that next gear or to believe a little bit more in their level of preparedness that they are ready. Right. I think you, I think you kind of run into two different kids in these situations. You get the ones that think I got to do more still. I'm not ready. Cause they don't, necessarily trust themselves or they don't trust where their body is or you get those that you know they need to be shown that they are ready and they just need to be told that you are ready and that because they believe in the process enough right and and that's where i try to talk to them about their sport you know it's hey you you've been trying to get to the single leg from this setup are you starting to get there? You know, and it's, it's very much a process oriented sport in the sense of there's certain techniques and there's certain strategies that I want to use on the mat. Um, you know, get, am I getting these ankle picks? Is it, is my hands uh, getting, getting to their neck where I can get to my ties? Can I snap them down fast? Can, can I do all those things that I'm trying to do? Cause, cause at the end of the day, the, the base nature of this sport is you are imposing your will on another human being that doesn't want to let you. And, and so are you able to create strategies and angles that sets you up for a technique that works? And uh, it, it, am I trying to get to the high C? Okay. Before, when I go up against this guy on the team, he always stuffs me. And then now I'm starting to get there one time out of 10. Now I got here five times out of 10. Now, virtually every time I try, I'm able to get to it. You know, that, that kind of progress um, is, is something that we got to make sure we recognize with them. Uh, same way as, as we do in the weight room. It's like, hey, I used to, to bench 315 for one rep. Awesome, cool. You, you remember when, when you thought 315 was a dream and you just did it for a triple? You know, that, that's, the, that's the celebrations that we got to have with them. That's the, the positive progress we need to recognize with them. Uh, and, and let them know that, you know, there is progress that's happening. 
and and we see it and that should give them some confidence as well and then you just relate that into what they're doing you talk to the coach hey so and so what are they struggling with cool i'll reinforce that in the weight room hey you used to uh you used to really struggle to push in the third period and i saw you 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 took an extra shot that you normally don't take you know those those types of things i think lend themselves well to giving guys confidence and half the time confidence is the only thing that's lacking at guys at this level um the the ability to take a chance um uh, every time you you go for any kind of move on a guy there's a chance that it gets reversed on you and there's a chance that you lose instantly so you have to be willing to take the risk of failure every time you're you're doing something it's just like that when we're lifting like every time we go to to do a snatch there's a chance that i can't hold it over my head right there's a chance i screw it up but depending on what the weight is my confidence level is different right and if i feel confident that i'm i've got this weight on any given day there's going to be a different level of intent and attack to that versus this is a weight that i've never held in my hands before and that's that's uh there there's a shakiness to to your confidence going into it but if you feel well prepared hey i've hit just below this before i know i can do this that's a confidence level and that leads to the success right and and so i always try to encourage these guys and and show them that yeah we're paying attention to what we're doing but you're getting better and if you continue to get better you're going to start winning it's only a matter of time um our our top heavyweight this past year um he had more wins this past year than he had his previous three years combined and it was just one of those he put in the work in the summers put in the work on the mat always was doing individuals every chance he got and he continued to improve and got to positions and then started to execute those in live matches then all of a sudden he starts winning a lot and then qualify for the ncaa's so that's something we try to relate to these guys is make sure that they see the progress that's happening. Make sure they see the progress that's happening and make sure you're communicating them to them, excuse me, ways that they can understand that they're growing, evolving and developing. Josh, this is some fantastic stuff, man. Get been a great half hour. Really appreciate your time, but let me get you out of here with this, bud. Uh, where can people keep in touch with you? Where can they see on the socials and all that so that they can see what else you're doing down there? Yeah, uh, you know, anybody's free to email me anytime. Uh, my full name, joshua.jurgle at duke.edu. Um, social medias is my last name, Jurgle. Um, I think on Instagram, it's just Jurgle. And then on uh, Twitter, it's at Coach Jurgle. Um, just feel free to DM, you know, message, anything like that. Um, always happy to talk shop with anybody. and. Um, always excited to learn from others as well. Awesome, brother. We'll make sure we've got all that in the notes. And again, Josh, great stuff. Can't thank you enough for your time today, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch really soon. And of course, thank you for everything y'all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We'll see you then.